All right, let's just get ready for the word of God. I'm going to say a word of prayer and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Father, once again, Lord, we open our hearts before you. We acknowledge your presence in our midst. We, we, we could sense it, but beyond the sensing of your presence, Lord, we want to uh, acknowledge also the authority, your authority in our lives and also the authority of your word. We ask you that you will uh, pour out your spirit uh, into, in, upon, upon us and that will touch our hearts, everything that we are, Lord, our minds, our, our souls, our emotion, everything, Lord, mm. that, so that we will be able to even see a glimpse of the truth that is contained in your word. We need the, this power of the Holy Spirit because it takes the spirit of truth to lead us into all the truth. So, Father, your truth will transform us so that we will become more and more like Jesus. This we pray in Jesus' name. All right. Last week, uh, I talked about the, you know, what it means to be a people of God or the privilege of being the people of God. And we learned that, you know, the, the, the perspective of Jeremiah. And uh, last week, I, the reason I... Again, and I read from the book of Jeremiah, it was because uh, in Jeremiah 21, you know, when, when the children of Israel, it was in the context of, context of the children of Israel being taken into captivity because the nation sinned against God. So, so it, it was, was the, the judgment, judgment of God. But we saw in that, in that, in the midst of judgment, even caught in that situation, and some people who were taken to Babylon, they were actually good people, like Daniel, Ezekiel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were caught up being part of the nation, so they, they were in, the, in Babylon captivity. However, in the midst of that, we learned God's goodness was manifested that in the midst of judgment, he still took care of his people. And as... In uh, Jeremiah 21, when, when Jeremiah received a word from the Lord, because Jeremiah wasn't captive, he was released in Jerusalem by the commander of the army or the Babylonian army, and then he and he offered Jeremiah to come with him. He said, "I can take care of you," but Jeremiah, he said, "It's up to you." Mm -hmm. And Jeremiah decided to stay in Jerusalem. So from Jerusalem, Jeremiah wrote a letter to the captivity in, in Jerusalem, uh, in, in Babylon, and, he, and in that letter we learned from, from last Sunday that in the midst of that judgment, God still took care of his people. Not only that, he gave them a, a future and hope because in that part of the letter, God said, I know, I know my, my, my plans for you, and it's not for evil, but for good, for your welfare, it's for, your, for I'll give you a future and a hope. It's powerful. Mm. And uh, so uh, the, the thing about, about, so that's God's goodness. And, and what happened with God's people is that we learn also that, you know, like I said, when good people were taken captive, it's not because of their sin, but because of the sin of the nation. And, and my conclusion is this, that whether we like it or not, the reality of life is that bad things happen to good people sometimes. It does, and uh, but the the Bible 
promise us that in, in Psalms 34 verse 19, many are, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. All right? Now, also, we learn that God didn't only take care of them, but also not just looking after them but and gave them a hope in the future, but he empowered them to be a blessing to the nation in Babylon. And he, he actually told them, pray for the city. This uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 7. He said, pray for, for the welfare of the city because the wealth, you know, with the welfare of the city, you will also have your welfare. So God not only takes care of his people, but he wants his people to be a channel of blessing. And this, I want to make this, make this statement. They were captive, but here's the thing. You can take God's people captive, but you cannot stop God's favor from flowing from God to his people. Yeah, you can take us captive, but God... If he wants to, his favor will still flow from us. Right. And often God would allow his people to be in a troublesome situation. So they become the solution and a blessing in that situation. That's just the nature and the privilege of being God's people. And the next, also another thing we have to know is that God's intention is not just for his people to survive, yeah. but for his people to shine in every situation. Alright? But here's, here are some of the things that I believe that should mark the people of God. And all these things that happen in, in the world, is, I believe it is an opportunity for the people of God to shine. But I want to uh, read this scripture and I'm highlight some points in this scripture. If you want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. It's a powerful scripture. He said, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, mm. then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's powerful. When something happened with the land, if you read the verses before that, God was talking about pestilence that's taking over the land and all that. What I see from that scripture is if something happened in the land, it doesn't matter what happened, okay, Often we look for the government or we look for some political party to, to solve the issue. God said, no, 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 the solution is I'm looking to my people who are called by my name. Hmm. We're looking for some sort of system. But God said, no, I'm looking at my people. And this is the characteristic of God's people to become part of the solution of the troublesome situation. Number one, humble themselves. Spirit of humility needs to be there. Now, I don't know, I know that there are, you know, I saw it's out there on a public uh, platform in that some, some Christians, God's people, 
We say, no, we're not going to close our church. We're just going to, you know, we're going to believe in faith. You know what? The mark of, a, of, a, of, of, of people of God is not just about faith, but the faith that is reflected in our spirit of humility. Mm. And part of the spirit of humility is submission. Mm. See, and submission to what? To authority. And we can express our faith even while submitting to the authority, the governmental authority. So we need to demonstrate that, humble ourselves. And point number two, we have to be people never than before. Now is the time, it's our opportunity to become people of prayer. Not just prayer, but prayer and seeking God. Okay, so number one, what people of God look like, people who are humble, and submit to authority, people who know what it means to, to pray and seek God. After all, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Guys, I want to say this. The moment we stop praying, we cease to become the house of God. That's what Jesus said. My house shall be called a house of prayer. It means that Prayer defines what the house of God is. Mm. We don't pray, we cease to become God's house. Mm. And then the next thing is, turn from their wicked ways. In one word, repentance. Repentance. If the people of God have this habit, none of us will be perfect. We're all here where we are because of our faith because of the grace of God, because of the faithfulness of Jesus, and we give our hearts to Jesus. And I believe it is, it is uh, one of the, the, uh, the uh, manifestations of the spirit of humility is that we live a life of repentance before God mm. all the time. Doesn't matter how, sometimes I think people, oh, my sin is so big. No, 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 it's not how big your sin is. But how genuine your repentance is. Mm. I believe this is sort of the makeup of the DNA of the people of God. Humility, praying, and repentance. Mm. And the next thing that I want to tackle is, as the people of God, our preoccupation. This is very, very important. I want, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 6. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to read from verse 25. Matthew 6 verse 25. Therefore I tell you, Jesus said, do not be anxious about life, okay, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Okay? He feeds them. Isn't that a reflection of what we just talked about concerning Jeremiah? Mm. Even in captivity, God took care of them. Yeah. All right? Even in the judgment, God took care of them. Okay? Are you not more value than they? So, 
Jesus is trying to lift the to get the, the, the people of God to lift their eyes beyond the circumstances. Can you see that? And then he said, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the valley, of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into, into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? In verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Now I want you to underline these next verses. He said, For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Okay, I want you to just meditate on that. He said, that kind of thinking, that's what people do when they live without God. The Gentiles, because they don't have relationship with God. They don't have covenant with God. Jesus said, that's what the Gentiles do. And he said, but for you, come on guys, your heavenly fathers know what you need. So what Jesus is saying is this, listen, doesn't matter what situation you're in, just think, do you know who you really are? Come on, do you know who you are in covenant with? Just move yourself out of the situation and look at who you really are. And then Jesus said, this is where your eyes, your preoccupation should be. Mm. Verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. What he's saying is this. The kingdom of God and its righteousness and his righteousness, the righteousness of God, should be the preoccupation of yeah. God's people, not the daily thing. Mm. I'm not saying that means we, you know, we just take it easy, we get lazy. No, no, no. I believe, I believe, we have to work hard, be diligent, and all those things. But the key word is preoccupation. Mm. You see, preoccupation. Why our preoccupation should be removed from all those things? Because if you read the context of the passage, the verse before that, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus warned the, 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 the people of God, the disciples. He said, no one can serve two masters, for, neither, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon literally means wealth or profit. Okay? The two things that Jesus tells God's people is not to be anxious and watch because your 
your anxiety will lead you into your preoccupation. I want to say this. That's what this is what Jesus said. Anxiety is not going to change anything. But let me say this, faith will. I'll say it again. Anxiety is not going to change anything in your life by but, but faith. Yeah. But faith will. Yeah. But here's the thing. Your faith is seen by your preoccupation. What consume what consumes your mind? The presence or absence of faith is totally indicated by our preoccupation. So what does that really mean for us being in the situation? Okay, now that I know God's taking care of my, myself, guess what? Knowing that God is taking care of myself in my life and, you know, and I'm diligent in everything that I do, in whatever situation, God's gonna, God gives me a, a hope and a future and all those things. So guess what? Now I can take care of other people knowing that he's going to take care of me. I don't have to take care of myself. Yeah. I can take care of other people in need. People in the church to begin with. It does, it's not that hard, you know, to, to actually just pick up the phone and say, hey, guys, how are you guys going? Mm. Forget about, about myself. Like, okay, cell, cell leaders or life group leaders, whatever the term is. How about, if anything, this is, at the moment, is the easiest time to be in touch with people because most people are at home. So get in touch with people. And even live group members. I reckon, you know what? Like, if every person in the church have two or three people they can they, they ring, say once a week, just how how you doing? But not not just not just how you doing, but encourage one another. This is the time. It's like, hey, listen, God is good. You know, like I'm praying for you. And if anything. Pray, uh, not, not long prayer, just, okay, let's pray together. Let's agree mm -hmm. together in prayer. Yeah. Two or three people. I'm not, I don't, I'm not asking you to be a war, prayer warrior. No, forget that. I'm asking you to do something that anyone can do. Okay, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, Lord, I'm going to contact Dan. How, how are you going? Okay, let's agree together. Lord, we know you're going to look after us. Mm -hmm. And then, Maybe midweek say, okay, how are you going? And let's continue. Let's keep standing in faith. Yeah. And pray and give them scripture. This is the time where we actually can equip each other. The Bible talks about encourage one another. Let's do it. I believe this is what the church is going. Like, you know, you can change all the environment, but you cannot change the essence of God's people. If anything, this is the time where we, we can shine. Okay, in saying that, I'm, that's, that's, I'm closing this with a prayer. I'm going to pray for, for all of you guys. Mm. Okay, let's bow our heads and pray. And uh, we're just going to 
close with that song, Hallelujah. Just do it, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that in whatever situation, Lord, and you have proven, Lord, even in your scripture, even in the moments of judgment, you cause your people to shine. As a matter of fact, like I mentioned last week, in the time of judgment that, that fell upon the, the nation of Israel, people like Daniel, Ezekiel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, rise, Lord. Daniel became the pretty much the second in charge in, in the, the biggest, the greatest empire at that time. Both Daniel and Ezekiel wrote amazing scripture. Your revelation. Nothing can stop your people from shining. And Father, I pray that something will be birthed even today, Lord, in the hearts of your people. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. And bless your people. Bless your people, Thank you, Lord. Let's close with this song. Just without words, just I just want to sing that the part of this song. Hallelujah, hallelujah.